everyone. Welcome to the third season of CSM Secrets, or should I say the CSM debate? Oh, well, we'll find out. But first, let me introduce you all to my guests. First on with me is Namrita Sharma, a renowned global leader, a keynote speaker, and a very early player in the women in technology sales space. Nam, as she is known, currently heads the global partnership for the semiconductor business for Amazon AWS. Nam, please say hello. Hello, everyone. Great to be here and looking forward to the discussion today. And on the hot seat, going to defend customer success is Paul Lucarini, a coach and a consultant who's committed to helping uh, small and mid-scale organizations uh, grow their revenue with customer success. Paul, say hello. Nice to meet everyone. Good morning. Hello. I'm excited to be here and join the debate. So I'm looking forward to getting started. Let's go. Okay. All right. So now we, we look forward to you to driving this debate. What's your question for customer success going to be? All right. First and foremost, I'm going to say I am so delighted I'm not on the other side. Like Paul and I are not swapped. Uh, but okay. So we'll, we'll start this rapid fire session, Paul. Uh, so let's start with quickly describe uh, CSM in one sentence. Wow. Um, CSM in one sentence is making your customer successful with your product or service. All right. That's good. So why should organizations invest in CSMs? Good question. Um, I think we've split this out into two areas. So one, from a customer point of view, we help customers be successful. So we help them develop. From an internal point of view, it drives revenue, which ultimately drives valuation in the business. It drives lifetime value, higher contract value. It drives success. So for me, everything becomes a win-win partnership. Customer wins, and then we win as an organization. All right. So then you mentioned revenue, you mentioned uh, growth, you mentioned a bit. Uh, so tell me this, what, isn't this uh, something that even sales is responsible for? So how does a sales team benefit by having the support of a CSM? Nam, this is the question I was hoping and <laughs> you know, waiting for. <laughs> Let's go. Right. So how does the sales team, for me, sales um, and CES, they're completely different disciplines. So they have their own skill sets in their own right. Um, excellent sales teams, typically you see that, let's call it the hunter model. So people like the thrill of the chase. It's high paced. It's, um, it's a cost center in its own right. With customer success, once that customer has been passed across and they've completed their onboarding, their training, their implementation, customer success, it's their job to really understand that customer, what makes them tick, what will make them successful. I think having a sales team and a customer success team hand in hand, again, going back to the principle of making sure the customer is successful, they can work together as a whole. Sales can focus on new logos, bringing everything in, but then customer success can really help that customer develop, stay with the business a long time, and again, win-win partnership. That's a very good answer. So then, as an expert, what is your point of view that should CSMs also carry a quota or a target? A very um, hot topic at the minute, isn't it? And it has been probably for the last few years. Um, 
Yes. So what I would say is the CS department should carry a revenue or a quota target, 100%. So my belief is um, it does depend on the size of the business. So let's talk um, startup, scale-up, enterprise. So you know when there's a startup business, the chief exec, the founder, he does everything, doesn't he? So he, he pays the bills, he cleans the office, he does sales, he looks after all the support tickets. But I think once a business moves from that startup to scale-up, I think there's a real difference in terms of discipline and actually helping um, the customer in a different way. I would suggest, oh, we're going to have to cut. What was the question again? Sorry. The question was whether CSM should also carry a target or a quota because they're two in a box with sales. Yeah, okay. Um, Yeah, sorry. So, yeah, so I think um, CS should ultimately be responsible for the revenue target. The reason I think that is because the CS department, ultimately, they spend all the time listening to the customer. So, they understand what the objectives are. I think um, if you look at sales as an overall job, the main part of sales is listening to the customer. It's understanding it. We've moved away from salespeople having the gift of the gab and being able to sell anything to anyone. And I think now if you've got um, a customer success department that are listening to customers all the time, I think they rightly understand the goals, the objectives of what that customer is trying to achieve. And therefore, they're in a better position to identify new products, new services, any upsells, additional licenses. And therefore, I think they should carry the target on it rather than bringing someone back in from the sales department. So I have a question, right? Sorry, Nam, if you are okay. I want to ask a question that the sales guys always ask. I brought the connection, right? If I weren't there, this account would not have existed in the first place. Now you're telling me to hand over my revenues and commissions and everything to you, and I should keep hunting, which is a lot more difficult. So if you yep. gave me the same set of team, I can do guru, do the upsells and cross-sells. So why, why do you need to spit out a separate function called customer success? And why should sales take the trouble of finding, you know, hunting all the time? I think sales is a different role in itself. So I think the people that do sales and they continue to hunt, I think they want to hunt. In my experience, what I've seen from sales teams is... Um, Generally, I've seen it a lot where when you ask people to go back into customer accounts that they've maybe sold to, they don't they don't have the same um, enthusiasm. They don't have the ambition to grow those accounts. It's very much a different type of person. Again, in my experience, when you look at personality type, salespeople and customer success managers, account managers within CS or any anyone within that area, very different type of person, um, different skill set, different attributes. I don't actually think it's it crosses over as well as maybe some people would argue it does. I think they're different people. Okay. All right. Now, so would it be a controversial thing to say that, uh, you know, sales targets, uh, you know, obviously salespeople can focus on new logos, building connects, you know, creating that market positioning. Uh, and CSMs, once a logo is open, you have an ongoing business, maybe the CSMs can own the PL for growth for that account. Yeah, I think something that we're seeing more and more of is NRR. So net revenue retention. And I think, again, it's another reason why I would personally split them out. I think by having clear boundaries between sales and CS, the CS department can then own that net revenue number. So it's important to understand 
if a customer base is growing, that's obviously a healthy sign for the business overall. Again, going back to valuation and multiples, we've seen SaaS businesses, for example, see huge multiples in terms of value over the last 12, 24 months since COVID. I think if you can prove positive NRR, so above 100%, it really shows that you've got a team that can help develop that customer base. My worry sometimes with sales, owning the revenue target, is it gets mixed both from a logistical point of view and also from a headcount point of view. So managing the salespeople, the amount of time they would spend on new business, new logos versus existing, splitting up targets, commissions, the rest of it, I think it becomes um, quite complicated quite quickly. Whereas having a new business sales team that has a new sales target and then having um, a customer success department with a net revenue retention piece, I think actually that demonstrates value to investors, to shareholders. And again, when you're looking for your next series of funding or if, if say your founder was looking to exit the business, I think that proves value more than having this blend of numbers in my experience. I see. Uh, so let's now pivot towards, you know, the actual responsibilities of a CCCSM, right? And uh you know, having worked with some brilliant CSMs myself, I know when things are going great, they are phenomenal. But when things start getting a little chaotic, that's when most of them truly shine, right? So uh, how do, uh, in your opinion, how do CSMs manage escalations or basically, you know, create some kind of a method out of the chaos that might be happening because chaos happens. It's not if, it's usually when. And if you're prepared for the when, you know, you're usually able to address it in a better way. So I love this question. The reason I love this question is, is CS for me is a proactive role. Okay, so when we talk about chaos and support, I think within a customer success department, I think some of the areas of focus need split out between proactive and reactive. So most, if we look at software businesses, for example, within the SaaS world, most SaaS companies will have a reactive support team. So a customer has an issue with the product, maybe need some help with the functionality, they would call. There's some chaos sometimes there, maybe you're firefighting. What I like from a CSM point of view and where CSMs really shine is by understanding what customers are trying to achieve and helping them achieve that. It could be driving adoption, it could be achieving objectives, but actually having the foresight to look into that in advance and go and actually demonstrate how we can solve these problems even before the customers recognize it's become a problem. That's where the true CSMs for me, that's where they shine, that's where they're excellent. If we're in a position where CSMs are fighting fires all the time and they're chasing the tail and they're running around, then I think that's for the CS leadership to really help make sure the team's in the right place, the structure's in the correct place to make sure that our CSM, our managers, our, CS, our CSMs really manage the situation in the best way. But yeah, I love that question. It's good. All right. Uh so, you know, you mentioned proactive engagement, right? I'm going to take it a step further. Uh, let's talk about the strategic impact of a CSM, right? Of course, they're driving revenue growth. They're definitely, you know, shining, you know, when they're escalations or impediments. Uh, but, you know, for organizations who are thinking long term, right? You mentioned SaaS companies, you know, even cloud and others. Uh, what is the strategic value a CSM role can bring in. Oh, and I'm just um, to add to that, right? 
Just I, I'm just adding some fuel to the <laughs> fire. <here. laughs> so what is and and I hope the CS community doesn't get mad at me, <laughs> right? What is it that a CSM can do differently that that you know someone else cannot already do? Right, for example, a technical account manager or given the right team, what is it that a CS can do differently? Um, you know, just adding to her question. Okay, so from a strategic value point of view, um, if you've got CSMs talking to customers all day, one thing that when I when I speak to customers and I speak to different businesses, one say one thing that I always try and emphasize is the value a CSM can bring in terms of your product or your service development. So who talks to your customers all day? Who understands the problems? Who understands what customers are trying to achieve? If you then build on a voice of the customer program and you consolidate all the information and you take all the learnings you have from your customers, I honestly believe that fed back in the right way helps your your CTO. It helps product development. It helps make sure that you've got the right products that is the right market fit. It makes sure that your ICP, your ideal customer, you're in the right area and you're, you're addressing the needs of your ideal customer. I think in terms of proactive and strategic value, I don't think there's anyone better in the business that has that insight into what customers are trying to achieve and how it's working. Sometimes, you know what, sometimes you'll look at it and then adoption may be low and customers aren't using the functionality that you've built. Maybe some functionality was developed over a boardroom table between the chief executive and the CTO because it was a nice to have. Your CSMs will understand where customers really have a pain point, where they use your product to fix it. I think that strategic value is just absolutely huge. And again, from a valuation point of view, come back to the business, being able to demonstrate that to investors, um, I think is huge. No, that's a great answer, Paul. And, and you know, that is something that I was also thinking. Uh, you know, the fact that organizations spend millions of dollars doing surveys, getting market data, consumer data, customer data, right? Here you have somebody who's not only helping you with your revenue growth, helping you with, you know, customer retention, multiple other things, but also your eyes and ears who not only understands your own product or your own offering, but is also an advocate for the customer so that, you know, which can positively influence the product roadmap. So yeah, that that is a, like, if I was hiring, I, I think that would be the number one justification in my mind, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. So uh, Agreed. This, this is, this is, uh, this is definitely going really well. So I'm going to ask a little bit of a controversial question now. Um, okay. And uh, again, I am not part of the CSM community, so Shubha, you'll have to deal with the fallout here. But uh, <laughs> uh, from a CSM, uh, you know, we talked about their impact, the value they bring. Uh, what is different uh, for a CSM that might be, uh, you know, working in the services space compared to a CSM focused on the product space? Okay. Um, so I think if you look back at where customer success has come from, it's very much, um, it's matured. It was born and it's matured in Silicon Valley within software. I think what we're starting to see now, which is excellent, is we're starting to see customer success pop up in a number of B2B industries outside of software as well. 
I think from a product perspective, when you have a product, I think it's we're probably a little bit more mature in that customer success journey. So we're able to identify things like adoption and use of functionality. We're able to put a lot more metrics, which then contribute to a health score. I think in the service industry, um, and again, talking from experience and talking to some service based customers that I've been working with, um, they've probably not got the same insight and data is what maybe product or SaaS companies have in terms of how often a customer logs on, what part of the technology customers use. From that service point of view, it's almost gathering the data first. Once they have it, though, I actually think a lot of the role can be transferable. I think we will see a huge development in terms of um, CSM roles, the number of CSM roles, um, the kind of... Um, the span of work that they have within these organizations and again the development within actually each companies i think you'll see it's becoming anyway but i think you'll see customer success sit around the boardroom table and sit with the ceo and have a seat at the senior leadership table a lot more and more i think that's already happening but not only within SaaS. i think that's going to happen a long time um over the over the next few years coming years what i would say though is i think service is probably just a little bit behind product i'm sure it'll catch up but yeah um i think it's a little bit behind i i see so shiba we should probably definitely highlight this one because this might be a prediction come true in a few years right (laughs) yes and and i have been i've been asking my guests in other uh, episodes right how do non-sas um, businesses or verticals, let's say manufacturing, how are they going to benefit yeah. from customer success? Because once you're logged in, you're logged in for decades. The question of renewals does not come into the picture. But we have heard SaaS leaders say the customer success is going to be everywhere, um, no matter what the industry is and no matter what the business is. Do you agree with that? 100%. If you take, um, if you take manufacturing, for example, so manufacturing generally um, will have a new business sales team. They will go out. They will be responsible for that revenue. Now, a lot of the time when you actually go and speak to um, manufacturing companies, if you ask how secure that revenue is there's, um, or why that customer keeps coming back, a lot of the time um, the question is they've always been with us. They've always been a partner. They always will. In terms of being able to prove that, again, if I go back to a value point of view, if I was looking to invest in that company, I want assurances that they would stay with you. Maybe they don't have contracts, but they have um, they resign or they rebuy so many widgets or whatever it may be from a manufacturing point of view. I think if you implement CS, and again, you can understand how customers are changing, how their markets are changing, how we can develop our pro- our products, whatever we're manufacturing, to really suit that customer, I think the revenue opportunity for growth is huge. And again, from speaking to manufacturing companies as well, a lot of them are starting to implement customer success for that value. They recognize the high percentage of their revenue that comes from existing customers, and if you don't want to protect that, I mean, what business doesn't want to protect their existing revenue? And for me, that has firmly got a customer success hat on it. Okay. So, so I only have one other question and I uh, uh, for you, Paul. Uh, and because I'm a numbers person and I'm sure most of the listeners are, uh, what are the three top skills in a CSM that you would look for when you're hiring? You're a numbers person. What are the three top skills within a CSM? Yes, for in a CSM. So if you were to hire me or Shubha, what are the three yep. top things you would look at? 
can be soft skills, well, can and, be, you know, oh, background, your opinion here. Right. Okay. Um, okay. So soft skills that I would look for is um, the personality type. So that's someone that's able to hold a conversation and they're a bit inquisitive. They're outgoing. I wouldn't necessarily look for someone um, that has to be an extrovert or something like that, but somebody that's able to have that conversation and really be inquisitive and ask, ask the customers sometimes the hard questions. Um, one area that I've found very successful in the past is actually taking um people with more of a technical background and actually bringing them into support. Now, the reason I've found that successful is because they have a great understanding of how the product works, naturally inquisitive, want to learn. So sometimes from a technical background, I actually think that's often overlooked and people maybe from sales or account manager fall into that CS role and actually think taking someone with a bit more of a technical background. And then um, as the third, I would say, so one's sociable, two's technical. I would say the third, for me, it's all, everything relates back to success for the customer and for our business. So someone with a bit of a commercial acumen. So someone that understands why the customer is doing what they're doing, what the bigger picture is, why they're, why they're trying to service their own customer base, um, what their objectives are as a business, um, and then again, align that to our objectives. So someone that is good with numbers, someone that can really put the big picture together and really help their customer achieve growth or whatever it may be for themselves. So yeah, sociably good, two, technically good, and then three, good commercial acumen. So in in nutshell, a superstar, an all rounder, yeah. right? <laughs> that's what that's yeah, what definitely. you need for CSMs. Okay. Yeah. So Nam, you said your questions are done. So what's your verdict? Do you think customer success is is necessary? They should own targets. The retentions, the renewals, upsells should be with them. Or what do you think? What is your verdict? Right, so I didn't know I was going to be in the hot seat in the end. <laughs> <laughs> no one escapes. <laughs> so, uh, so my my opinion here is I think it's CSM as a function is crucial for growth. Uh, the way the industry is evolving uh, going forward. Uh, I truly think it ben it complements the sales function really well, uh, you know, with clearly identified focus areas. It has a major strategic impact. I, as a metrics-driven person, I, I do feel that there needs to be uh, a set of targets uh, that CSMs should take. And these don't necessarily have to be, you know, the the, uh, the same growth targets that maybe their sales counterparts have, but they should have some of the other targets around, you know, customer experience and so forth. Because again, you know, it's, uh, if you don't track what's being delivered, you're not motivating the people who are really out there, right? Uh, so that's what but I would say, but I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this discussion. I've really learned uh, quite a bit more about the CSM function, and I'm going to go pad the CSMs I work with and <laughs> say a thank you after this. So thank you. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Nam. I mean, wonderful questions. I mean, genuine questions that people have about customer success. And thank you, Paul, for being such a good sport and, you know, answering the questions so well. And thank you both. And and I look forward to talking to you both soon. You're welcome. Thank you very much. Thanks both.
Thank, Thank you. you. Great meeting you, Paul. And thanks for the opportunity, Shiva.